movie series Rocky, still to this day one of the greatest film franchises of all time. There are eight films kind of encompassing the Rocky series, uh, six of which carry the Rocky name. The last two carry the name Creed. Uh, there's actually another one coming out this fall in the Creed uh, line. Um, the Rocky film franchise has made almost $1.5 billion uh, since it came out. Uh, how many of you remember when Rocky like was released? Like You were there. You can remember... So, okay, so you're showing your age a little bit. Um, this year, Rocky will celebrate its 42nd birthday. Rocky is 42 years old. I um, mean, actually, November of this year, um, from the time it was written, Sylvester Stallone wrote the screenplay for Rocky in three and a half days, right? At the time, he was a broke, nobody actor that no one would give a shot. Um, when he wrote the screenplay, Rocky, um, he had $100 to his name. Completely broke struggling to make it. The only reason he had $100 to his name is because the week before he wrote the screenplay, he had to sell his dog for 50 bucks to pay his bills. How about, like, you got it bad if you got to sell your dog to make, right, to make rent. Uh, but that's where Stallone was. But there came a point, and like, it literally changed the trajectory of Sly Stone's life. Um, 1975, um, there was a fight taking place in the real world uh, Muhammad Ali uh, was facing a no-named boxer uh, by the name of Chuck Wepner, right? Chuck Wepner was um, literally nobody knew who he was. Uh, Vegas had the odds at 40 to 1 that Wepner had a chance to stand in the ring against Ali. Um, Ali was frustrated that he had to fight um, Wepner. He actually pre-fight uh, made the statement, I don't know why I have to stand in the ring with this pug, right? Nobody gave him a shot until the bell rang. And then as the fight began to go, Ali didn't take him out in three rounds as was predicted. And he didn't take him out in five rounds. He didn't take him out in 10 rounds. He didn't take him out in 14 rounds. Webner stood toe-to-toe through 15 rounds with the greatest living boxer arguably ever to live, right? Muhammad Ali stood all the way to the end. After the fight, after Ali had taken all of his best, Muhammad Ali said this of Chuck Wepner. He said, there's not another human being in the world that can go 15 rounds like that. And from that moment on, the legend of Chuck Wepner was born and the character, Rocky Balboa, was created. Sylvester Stallone saw that fight take place and from that, the Rocky franchise was born, right? We start down this journey. Now, it kind of blew my mind as you're kind of going through this Rocky story because a lot of people didn't know who he was. Right? We're talking to a lot of the young adults around here that have never seen the Rocky movie, right? Curious in here, how many of you in the room, like, you've boxed in the past? Like, you, you've been a boxer before. We got some people, right? Boxing's kind of lost some traction in our world today. Uh, UFC's kind of taken over, right? How many of you, okay, maybe not a lot of boxers. How many of you have ever been in a fight? Raise your hand. So, here we go. Got some ladies up front, like, oh, I've been in a fight. Right, true story, the most brutal fight I have ever witnessed in my life, right? I was at a party. It was my junior year in high school. Um, it was being hosted by some kids from one of the local uh, private Christian schools in the area. Um, I want to I protect the, um, the identity of the school, so I won't tell you what it was, but it does uh, rhyme with Bar's Mill. And um, so we went to this party, and the, the, the Bar's Mill uh, kids, uh, they had to party out in like this field, right, so that nobody knew where they were partying because they were the Christian school. Um, and so we went out into this 
this field where this bonfire was going on, you know, and we were kind of late getting there. Me and some friends rolled in. And uh, honest to God, we hadn't been there no more than 10 minutes, right? And we're just hanging out. And all of a sudden, these two girls got into it. And I'm talking clothes torn, hair pulled, like mouths bloodied. Like these girls went off and they went at it and we had to leave. I was like, I'm from the county and these Bars Mill girls, I didn't want, like I, I knew the cops were coming and we had to get out of there uh, because that was, it was unbelievable. Um, see, so watch out for the ladies in the room that y'all, y'all, y'all will swing, right? But this idea of fighting, right, this idea of Rocky Balboa, this greatest fighter to ever live um, in terms of the film world. He's a legend. He's actually made his way into the Boxing Hall of Fame. Rocky Balboa, this fictional character, is in the same Hall of Fame with Mike Tyson and Muhammad Ali. But as you go in, it's interesting, at least as I was raised, right, when you talk about fighting. and uh, My dad always told me this. Maybe your dad told you the same thing. He said, Adam, you never start a fight, but you always what? Finish it. Like, don't you ever start it. But if somebody wants to start it with you, you better finish it, right? Don't start it, but finish it. And I think that's really important and applicable to our lives today because I'm just here to tell you as you sit in Faith Church at 12, 13 p.m. that you're in a fight. Today, whether you know it or not, you're in a fight. And it's a fight for your life. Many of you walk in today and you're not experiencing victory the way you want, right? You're, you're not overcoming the way you wish you were. And maybe, just maybe, the reason that you're not experiencing victory is because you haven't realized that you're in a fight. And I don't care how good of a fighter you are, if the opponent knows you're in a fight and you don't know you're in a fight, you lose every single time. So if you're taking notes, write this down. Life is a fight. Life is a fight. You see, in life, nothing is easy. Has anybody ever experienced that before? Nothing's easy in life. Everything is hard. The only free thing in life is salvation. Everything else, you've got to work for it. You've got to fight for it. If you want a great marriage, guess what you have to do? You have to fight for it. Every single day, every single week of your life, you have to fight for it. Because the second that you let those gloves down, you've got an enemy out there that's ready to take your marriage from you. If you want to live a financially blessed life, guess what you have to do? You've got to fight for it. If you want to overcome physically, right? If you want to experience physical victory, guess what you have to do? You've got to fight for it. It takes discipline. It takes training. That's why we hate it, right? You've got to fight for it. If you want your kids to succeed... Guess what you got to do, parents? you got to fight for them. Because there's a world out there that wants to chew them up and spit them out. you got to fight for it. See, Jesus knew this. One of my favorite Bible verses in the entire canon of Scripture is John chapter 10, verse 10. And in casual Christianity, we love to quote this verse because we like the promise that comes along with it. Because the last part of the verse is God speaking, and he says, I've come that you can have life and have it to the full. But in casual Christianity, while we like the last part of that verse, we really, um, it's very occasional for us to overlook the first part of that verse because we don't like it so much. Take a look. 
John chapter 10, verse 10. This is what it actually says. It says, the thief, the opponent, right, your enemy, comes only to steal and kill and destroy. See, Jesus had to make it very, very clear to his followers that they couldn't live a life that was passive. They couldn't go through a single day letting their guard down, right? Not taking it seriously, not keeping the gloves up because they had an enemy out there that they weren't taking seriously. He told them, you've got an enemy that wants to steal from you. All of your joy, all of your peace, he wants to take it from you. He wants to to kill you. You have an enemy, an opponent that literally wants to knock your teeth down your throat. And all he needs you to do is put those gloves down just a little bit. And he's going to take you out. Jesus said, you've got an enemy out there. But I've come so that you may have life and live it to the full. So today I want to kind of take this Rocky series and we're going to look at it almost in its entirety. Because i got a question for you that only you can answer for yourself. And that's this. Today, Faith Church, what are you fighting for? As you sit here, as you woke up this morning, what are you fighting for? I hope you have an answer for something. Because I promise you have an enemy that is fighting to take away whatever it is you're not fighting for. See, the Rocky film franchise, when you talk to some of the people who haven't seen it, some of the young uh, college students around, they told me this. I was like, how have you never seen the Rocky movies, right? And they said this. They said, every movie's the same. And that's just raw. It's not true. Right? It's not true. In every single movie, Rocky is fighting for something. So I want to go, I want to take the first six films, and I want to look at what Rocky was fighting for Because I think it's some of the same things that you and I better fight for if we want to experience the life that God said we could have, right? The first thing, when you look at Rocky 1, the first thing Rocky was fighting for was identity. Everybody say identity. Rocky 1, when you kind of meet this character, um, he's first introduced as kind of a nobody. He's a thug. He's a low-level employee of a local loan shark who's just going out, and he's kind of collecting some debts. He had all the skill in the world, but everybody's kind of turned his back on him. There's one scene early in the first movie where he goes into the boxing gym that he's worked at previously, and the head trainer, Mick, has actually taken all of his stuff out of his locker and given it to another boxer because he's done with Rocky. You're done. You're a nothing. You're a loser. And Rocky gets to this point where he's, he's faced with who he is as a person. Am I a loser? Am I a thug, a nobody? As luck would have it, the heavyweight champion at the time, Apollo Creed, um, ended up giving um, a shot to some no-name. He was scheduled to face another contender that had to drop out of the fight, and Rocky gets the opportunity to step into the ring with the heavyweight champion of the world. Now, going into the fight, Rocky... His goal wasn't to win. He told his wife his his goal was to be standing at the end of it. He just wanted to make it through. Because you see, for Rocky, he just needed to know that he could. He just needed to know that he wasn't what everybody said he was. He needed to know his identity, that he's truly, I'm a good fighter. So you go through and 
Spoiler alert, in the end, Rocky's still standing, but yet he loses the fight. But for him, it was a moral victory because he tells his wife, Yo, Adrian, I did it. And by I did it, what he meant was I found my identity again. I can still fight. I can still do this. I'm not the champion, but I'm also not a loser. And I think some people in the room today, at some point, you've lost your identity. Right? Maybe you've let your guard down. Maybe you've dropped the gloves and the opponent, your enemy, has stepped in and he's stolen your identity from you. And I want to remind you, based on Scripture, who you are so that you can begin to fight for that identity. Look at what Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 through 5 says. Paul says, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. If you can hear me talk today, whether you're here live or you're watching through that camera, you're blessed. It doesn't matter what the checking account says. It doesn't matter what the debt collectors say. It doesn't matter what anybody tells you. You are blessed with the blessings of all the spiritual. Everything in heaven is yours because the Bible says you are united with Christ. Verse 4, even before God made the world, he loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. And I love this last sentence. It says, this is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. You see, when we talk about your identity, what you need to know is that you're blessed. You are chosen. You are loved. If you're a Christian in here today, then you are adopted into the family of God, right? You're a child, you're a son or daughter of the king of kings, and that makes you royalty. But I'm here to tell you that the enemy's not sitting here all willing to bring a crown and lay it at your feet. If you want the identity that the Bible says you truly have, you're going to have to fight for it every single day of your life. Because the second you stop, the second you delay, the second you tire, there's an opponent out there that's going in for the knockout blow. you got to fight for your identity. The second Rocky film, Rocky II, is the rematch between Rocky and Apollo. Rocky's kind of found his identity in Rocky I. Like he's, he's a fighter. He can actually do this. He knows he can stand toe-to-toe in the ring. So Rocky II is all about Rocky fighting for purpose. It's not just enough for him to, to know that he can. In Rocky II, he goes in fighting knowing that he's going to because he knows there's a purpose for his life, that he's not just a contender, that he can really be the champion. And so he has a rematch with Apollo, and he goes in with a different mindset because he's found his identity. Now he's working on his purpose. And in the end, guess who's holding the championship belt for the first time above his head? It's Rocky He begins living out his purpose because he wasn't willing to settle for anything less. The same is true for you today. Did you know that you have a purpose? That you're not a mistake, right? That you're not overlooked. That if you're here, there's a reason that you're here. Look at what the Bible says about purpose. Philippians chapter 2, verses 12 and 13 says, Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, Not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, 
Continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. There's a purpose for your life, and God wants to work through you so that you can fulfill it. But it's not going to happen by accident, and it's not going to happen by chance. You've got to fight for it. Exodus chapter 9, verse 16 says, But I have spared you for a purpose. What is that purpose? It tells us. It says, To show you my power and to spread my fame throughout the earth. You want to know what your purpose on this planet is? It's to use everything that you have to bring glory to God and make him famous. If you want to know why maybe you feel like you're lost, you're you're not living for a purpose, maybe what you've been doing is you've been fighting for the wrong purpose. Maybe you've been fighting to, to bring fame or notoriety to yourself. How much money can I get in my bank account? How nice of a car can I drive or How nice of a house can I live in? It has nothing to do with the things you have, but it has everything to do with the heart by which you achieve those things. What are you doing with your life? Because God wants you to live it with purpose. What is your identity? And once you get a hold of it, you have to use it for his glory and for his honor, but you got to fight to do it. you got to fight for it. Purpose. That's what Rocky II is all about. And he becomes the heavyweight champion. As we kind of segue from Rocky II to Rocky III, we see that Rocky successfully defended his championship against multiple contenders, but they're all kind of these low-level nobodies. Like none of them really had a chance to, to take Rocky out. He's kind of enjoying his fame. He's enjoying, right, all that comes along with being a champion. So he's kind of coasting a little bit. And he begins coasting, and there's this new up-and-coming boxer, right? My personal favorite contender that Rocky fights, a guy named Clubber Lang, played by the one and only Mr. T, right? The coolest of all. Rocky takes on Clubber. But you see, he didn't willingly just step in because he wanted to give Clubber a shot. In Rocky III, what we see is that Rocky is fighting for honor. Clubber had been going at Rocky. He wanted him to fight him, and Rocky's throwing it off and shugging it off. Like, forget forget it, forget it. But there's this one scene in the movie where, where Clubber finally figures out what button to push to get Rocky into the ring, right, to offer up an opportunity for Clubber to win the belt. And if you've seen the movie, you know what it is, right? They're at a press conference, and Clubber yells out, and basically he makes a sexual advance to Rocky's wife, Right? He basically tells Adrian, hey, Adrian, how about you come get with a real man because obviously your husband isn't one because he's too scared to take me on, so why don't you just come get with me? And in that moment, right, her honor was challenged and Rocky said, that's it. That's the line, right? Any man in here knows if you want me to hit you in the throat, mess with my wife, right? Honor, you got to fight for it. Scripture tells us that. Look at What Romans chapter 12, verses 9 through 11 says, it says, don't just pretend to love others. You don't have to raise your hand, but how many in here are really good at pretending to love other people? And you love them so long as it doesn't inconvenience you in any way. Because once it starts inconveniencing you, then there's all these reasons why you can't love them. That's pretending to love others. 
Romans says, don't do that. Don't pretend. Really love them. It says, hate what is wrong. Did you know that the Bible says it's okay for you to hate some things? It says, hate what is wrong. That there should be some things, Christ follower, that you run into in your life that you hate. There should be some lines in the sand in your life that you are not willing to cross. And the second somebody tries to go there, it makes you want to stand up and fight. The Bible says, hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. How often do we find ourselves being lazy, right? Not wanting to work, not wanting to fight. I'm as guilty as anybody in this room, but in my 35 years on this planet, I've realized something that maybe we don't like to admit, but the truth is doing what's right is rarely the same as doing what's easy. Like doing what's right is going to cost you something. It might cost you some friends. It might cost you, right, some things in your life. But you, are you willing for honor's sake to fight for those things because you know it's right to do so? Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is right. Fight for honor. That's Rocky Three. So we make our way into Rocky Four, arguably the greatest of the entire franchise. Rocky IV is massively successful because this is uh, Rocky versus Russia, right? You kind of build as that, but as you kind of dive into the to movie, what you actually see is that the movie doesn't open with Rocky facing Ivan Drago, who's the champion of Russia. It doesn't open up with Rocky fighting him at all. Actually, Apollo, right, the former heavyweight champion, is actually the one fighting the Russian champion. It's this exhibition match that, that Drago takes way too seriously. All the way to the point that, spoiler alert, Drago kills Apollo in the ring, right? There's that iconic scene where Rocky's ready to throw in the towel and Apollo tells him, if you throw in the towel, I'll kill you. He goes out for one more round and that was all it took, right? One too many punches from Drago and it was lights out. Drago, in that moment, is, is made one of the, the biggest villains of the time. The famous statement. Y'all remember the quote? If he dies, he dies. Right? Just cold, heartless. And in that moment, something, something snaps in Rocky because Rocky IV is all about Rocky fighting for justice. He can't let Drago get away with what he did to Apollo. He's not going to stand for the injustice that he saw take place. And so Rocky says, I'm going to take it on. I'm going to meet you in that ring because you got to pay for it. Christian, in the room, you are called to fight for justice. Look at Scripture. Isaiah chapter 1, verse 17 says, Learn to do good. It's interesting to me that the Bible says we have to learn to do good. See, left up to our own vices, just doing what comes natural to us, we will not do good because the Bible tells us that there's nothing good in us. 
We have to learn to do good. We're told, seek justice. Help the oppressed. Defend the cause of orphans. Fight for the rights of widows. You see, if you're a Christian in this room, there's some things happening in our world, just like it was in Jesus' day, that it ought to get you to the point that you're ready to fight for it. There's some people out there who maybe they can't fight for themselves. And if you truly love them like Christ loved the church, what you're called to do is to fight for their justice. One of my biggest heroes, Martin Luther King Jr., he said this. He said, human progress is neither automatic nor inevitable. Every step towards the goal of justice requires sacrifice, suffering, and struggle. The tireless exertions and passionate concern of dedicated individuals. As you watch the news and you see things that that happen in our culture around us, it should get you to the point that you're ready to fight for it. When you see prejudice and racism take place around you, you ought to fight for it. When you see bigotry and hatred, when you see people groups and individuals, right, who get ostracized for who they are, decisions they've made, it doesn't matter if you agree with them. The Bible calls you to love them, and if you love them, you have to fight for them. But there's an enemy out there that wants to do nothing more then keep you out of the ring, just like it wanted Rocky to stay out of the ring with Drago. What is that line in the sand for you? Who are those people that you need to love, but yet you're sitting on the sidelines? You're called to fight for justice. Rocky V, as we move on, is hands down the worst movie in the entire Rocky frame. It was terrible. Um, Sylvester Stallone actually said the reason that they made Rocky VI is because Rocky V was so bad that he couldn't let Rocky go out as Rocky V had him go down. And it's, it's sad because the storyline in Rocky V was powerful. Like there was so much potential there. As you make your way into Rocky V, what you see is that Rocky's kind of coming towards the end of his career. Like he's won the championships. He's kind of getting a little older. And as the story goes on, he begins taking this up-and-coming boxer up under his wing, a guy by the name of Tommy Gunn, right? They called him the machine gun. And he begins training Tommy Gunn um, to bring him up, to kind of show him the ropes. And Tommy Gunn begins to achieve some success, and yet he gets frustrated because all the news media outlets and, and everybody around him starts referring to him as Rocky's robot. He couldn't get out from under Rocky's shadow, right? So as the... Story takes us through, Tommy ends up kind of turning his back on Rocky and he kind of goes over to this promoter that was trying to get him to take some other stuff that Rocky disagreed with. All while that story's taking place, as Rocky's investing his time and his energy in this up-and-coming boxer, at the same time as he's engaging with the young talent, what he's doing is he's disengaging with his wife and he's disengaged with his son. And his son's facing some bullying issues and some things at school that are going on and his dad's not there to help him through it. It causes some relational issues because that's what Rocky V is all about. Rocky's fighting for relationship. 
Everything that he loved, right, it was put on the line, and all of a sudden the people that he cared about the most in the world were pulling away. He was losing them. And he had to come to this moment where he understood the relationships in your life, if you value them, you got to fight for them. I'm here to tell you the marriage that you have today, forget just wanting it better. If you want the same marriage you have today, you're going to have to fight for it. Because if you don't, it's going to continue going the opposite direction because the enemy is out to do what? Steal and kill and destroy. you got to fight for it. The friends that you have in your life now, the people that you enjoy spending time with, if you're not willing to fight for those friendships, those friendships will not be here next year and maybe you get to the point that you need them more than ever and you've completely ostracized them. Because you didn't fight for them. Look at what scripture says about fighting for relationships. John chapter 15, verses 12 through 13. Jesus says, this is my commandment, which means it's not an option. right? He's, he's not saying if you'd like to do it, it'd be a good idea. He's saying, this is my commandment to you. Love each other in the same way I've loved you. There's no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. For you, maybe you'll never be called to die for your friends. But every single one of us in this room, if you want to fight for the friendships that you have, you're going to have to lay down your life for those friendships. The time that you have, you have to be willing to lay it down because maybe that friend needs your time more than you do. Maybe your son or your daughter needs your time more than you do. Right, your talents and your abilities, your resources. Are you willing to fight for your relationships to the point that you will lay those things down for someone else because you see them as more valuable than you see yourself? That's what the Bible tells us to do in Philippians chapter 2, verse 3. It says, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Thinking of others is better than yourselves. See, you are never more like Jesus than when you lay down what you want for the sake of what somebody else wants. That's love. That's how you fight for relationship, and it's the only way that the relationships in your life are still going to be there when you need them in the future. You've got to fight for them. That's what Rocky Five is all about. Rocky Six. It's interesting. It's probably my second favorite Rocky movie in the entire franchise. Because what we see in Rocky Six is that Rocky is fighting for hope. Look at what Romans chapter 5 verses 1 through 4 says about hope. It says, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we've gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the what? Hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who's been given to us. You see, as you make your way into Rocky 6, Rocky's later into his 50s now and his fighting days are done 
his wife, Adrian, has passed away and he's, he's found his way to this place of loneliness, hopelessness. The identity that he once had, he begins to question it. The purpose that he lived his life for, the relationships that he had were, were strained. And he begins asking himself, like, what do you have left? You're washed up. All you have is what's happened in the past, the glory days when you were fighting Apollo and Drago. But you see, in Rocky Six, once again, our aging champion is given the opportunity to take on the heavyweight champion of the world, to prove to the world that he's still got it. There's still fight left. And I think some of us in the room here today, maybe you found yourself to a place in life where you're questioning, is there any hope left? Like, what do I have to live for? Maybe you feel like, you know what, I'm too old for God to use me. Maybe you feel like I'm too young for God to use me. Maybe you feel like you've messed up too many times. You've messed up too badly for God to be able to use your life. And where you find yourself is in a place of hopelessness. And what I think you see through that last rocky film is what I hope that some of you can leave here understanding today is that if you're still here, there's still hope. If you're not dead, God's not done with you. And maybe you've taken off the gloves and you feel like your days in the ring are done, but I'm here to tell you that you've got more to fight for. There's a next generation that needs you fighting. There's blessings in your life that you can have if you're willing to fight for them. But just like we continually see all throughout the franchise, there's always an enemy. There's always an opponent. And he will do anything he can to stop you from living the life that Jesus promised you that you could have. The question so what are you fighting for? With every head bowed and every eye closed. I think as you make your way in here today, some of you are facing some battles. Some of you need victory in your life. Maybe you feel like you fought all you can fight. If that's you and you know you're fighting today, whether it's in your marriage or in your finances or in your health or in your job or maybe it's spiritually, you're just fighting and you need breakthrough today, I want you to raise your hand wherever you're at. I just want to pray for you. There's still fight in you. And by raising your hands, you're saying, today I'm putting back on the gloves that I'm going back after my purpose and God's going to use me. Father, I thank you for every single hand that's in this room, God, because it represents a heart, God, that needs your touch. I pray that you would move in the lives of every single person that's here, God, that you would open up their eyes to the hope that they have in you.
God, we stand on the fact today that as Christ followers, we know there's a fight to be fought, but we don't have to fight for victory, God, because today we get to fight from victory. God, we thank you that your word says that you've already defeated the enemy. All we have to do is see the fight to its end and know that victory is ours in you. Bless every single person that's here today, God, in amazing ways. And when you do it, God, we will give you all the honor and all the glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Guys, thank you so much. I love you. Hope you've had a good day. Please come back next week. We will close out God at the box office one more time. Love you.